franchising is the most misunderstood and most overlooked form of entrepreneurship. We're here to educate you and help you find the entrepreneur within. Franchising is not all about the French fries. We find that individuals who are exploring business ownership tend to have a lot of misperceptions and misunderstandings about the franchise industry. So what we want to do is help prospective business owners make confident and educated decisions before moving forward or not moving forward with the business. Welcome to Unpredicted Entrepreneur. Hi, welcome to episode 27 of Unpredicted Entrepreneur. I'm Roxanne Rapsky, and this is my colleague, Sarah Wasco. We created this podcast to bring you education and information about business ownership and all things franchising. Today, our guest is Zach Butler. He's the founding partner of Horsepower Brands. And Zach, before we get into your very impressive resume, I just wanted to say hi. Welcome to the show. Thank you for joining us today. You're most certainly welcome. It's great to be here. So Sarah and I, before we start talking about horsepower brands and all the things that you're doing now, we'd like to go back to when you first got bitten by the entrepreneurial bug. When did you know that was? And then also we're curious to know what you did and what led up to business ownership and franchising for you. Yeah, great question. Uh, so I grew up in a blue collar household. My uh, grandpa, uh, bought a uh, livestock auction barn in 1969, and he still operates it today Wow! with no internet or computers, I might add. Uh, <laughs> still? He hasn't changed to internet hasn't, or computers? Hasn't changed. Wow. Amazing. Changed. At the end of this, I'll, I'll tell a story about uh, the right thing to do in entrepreneurship that he taught me, but uh, that's where I grew up. So I always grew up you know, in a family business, and there's a level of pride you get, I think, in that that uh, just you can't get rid of. But I ended up going to college and I uh, got a part-time job at a nutrition store called Complete Nutrition. Yeah. And at that time, there was no franchises. There were five corporate locations and they had just opened. And about two weeks into that uh, new venture, everybody in the store quit except for me. So I was the new general manager by default. <laughs> wow. And, uh, I said, well, I'll, I'll do it until you find someone better. And I was good at that and uh, did that for uh, about two years and they began franchising. And I think I was just about, I think I had just turned 20 and uh, uh, they opened their first franchise location. And I was like, heck with going to school. I, you know, I need to go do this. Uh, at the time I was running the top location uh, out of all five corporate stores. And I convinced the founder of that brand to uh, co-sign or excuse me, uh, to personally guarantee an SBL on my behalf. On my behalf. Wow. Well, that I, took some sales uh, skills, I, I would imagine, or did it? That's interesting. It, it definitely took a little bit of some arm twisting. Uh, but uh, I just kind of said, you're going to make way more money on me as a franchisee than you will be running a location. And so I found a replacement, trained him up, and uh, I packed my bags and I moved to Tallahassee, Florida, where I didn't know a soul. And about a month, a month, a month before my 21st birthday, and I opened up my first franchise location down there. Uh, it was great. I did one point, I think 1.3 million first year open. Wow. And then the next two and a half years, built up six more locations uh, across all across Florida and added, built up to about 8 million in revenue. And then it really all came crashing down on me. Uh, Amazon got into that industry, kind of flipped it on its head. And what I didn't know is that, uh, uh, you know, I had no background in really, uh, entre really entrepreneurship or real estate. And I was personally guaranteed on um, uh, leases for full 10 years. 
So uh-huh. I got to the point where I needed to close some locations, but I really couldn't. So uh, I had to file bankruptcy, went all the way down to, to nothing, back to zero. I had no idea what I was going to do. And there was another franchisee who uh, I had a relationship with that I had really good infrastructure. They had about 10 or 12 locations at the time. And uh, uh, they needed uh, some more help with driving sales and marketing. And that was more of what my specialty was. So I'll never forget, I did the math and I needed like 21000 like $800 to pay my bills and food for the month and to live. And so I said, I'll take a $22,000 annual salary, but I want equity in uh, the future locations. And there was no plan to even grow. I just knew we would. And in uh, three years, we had 68 locations and we're doing 40 million revenue. Wow. Okay. So this all happened when you were 21. Did I hear that correctly? Uh, from 21 to 20, I think three, wow. uh, that's right. Was, it was the peak best time of the best time. And then 23 hit, it was the worst time. And then for about the next eight to nine years, it was, uh, we, we just, we ran and built this huge uh, uh, franchise empire within a franchise system. I think we owned almost 40% of the franchise system at that point. So this was all still with complete nutrition? Correct. So it came back after the whole Amazon thing and you guys figured out how to deal with that and, and, and grow that business. You know, we, we were, it was a, it was very hard to stay relevant and it was, it was a hard business to run to, to, cause in weight loss, it's, it's always difficult, but you know, we were always a little bit ahead of everybody else and we made that work. And, uh, someone came in to buy the, the corporate uh, franchisor and they were on, they were going to make some big changes that my partner was actually on board with that I was not. And uh, I sold my equity and left and I'll never forget the first Monday. I had no idea what I was going to do with my life. <laughs> And uh, I had a little bit of money in the bank for my sale. And uh, that's how I got into franchise development. Uh, Ryan, uh, Ryan Zink reached out to me, who is a co-founder of Complete Nutrition, said he's starting a development company. And I said, sounds like the black market of franchising. I don't like it. And he called me two or three more times. And uh, he said, I, I, have a, I have my first brand and I, you need to be my first hire. And uh, Monster Tree Service was the first brand, which... Uh, my, my business partner now, Josh Skolnick, uh, uh, started and, uh, I was the first hire. So we started there and got into franchise development, uh, did really well at that. And here we are today with horsepower brands. We own the franchise brands, do the franchise development and have complete control of the process. Okay. I love this story. One thing that's really intriguing to me, and, and we talk about it a lot in franchising is. The relationships that you make, the friendships, the, um, you know, opportunity that you had to grow from where you were, This you had those struggles, you overcame them, you made a strong impression with clearly the people that you met in the industry, which has evolved now into where you are today. And I do think that is a very fun thing about franchising is that we build so many relationships and friendships that I've seen evolve and take a lot of people into new opportunities that maybe they wouldn't have had otherwise. Yeah, you're hundred percent right. I, and franchising is a small, it's a small community, but it's so reputation oriented. You can, it takes a long time to build a good relationship or good, uh, uh, a good image, I think, in franchising, but you can really ruin it quickly. And so there's, you have to do the right thing 100% of the time. I mean, that's just, I think, the golden rule in franchising. And that's where I think led me to where I'm at today is I have a very unique outlook on franchising. I've worked for a company that was was beginning to franchise and was part of that journey of helping them plan that. I was 
a pioneer franchisee. Uh, I was the franchisee that grew fast, had a big business and lost everything and went bankrupt and rebuilt. I've done franchise development and now franchisor, you get a perspective on how things not just affect performance, but how they affect psychologically in the franchise system too, which I think is a huge advantage that I have. So what prompted you to, I can't remember the sequence of events. I can't remember if you founded your next franchise first or if you founded Horsepower first. So kind of take us what led you to do what you do now and then also the why behind what you do now. Yeah, so let me start with, I guess, an explanation that I always tell people in franchising is there's three business models in franchising. There is the industry the franchise is in, and we'll just use for an example, our first brand, which is Mighty Dog Roofing. Let's use roofing as the industry. It's how to apply the product, how to sell the product, how to go out there and market that that specific type of, of, of uh, service. The second business model is how to be a franchisor. How do you support different personalities in different climates and regions at different stages of their life cycle from emerging to mature to, uh, to even ones that are growing or closing? And the third is how do you go out and find people to buy that franchise, uh, award it to them respect responsibly with the right expectations and legally. It's just very three very different things. And uh, where I think my partner Josh Skolnick and I really had a lot of alignment was that you know we weren't trying to sell one person as much territory as possible. We weren't mm. trying to oversell. We wanted we wanted to have long term success, and we wanted to have high average unit volumes. We were really focused on the right thing to do with the, uh, uh, always the right times. And in development, when you're just doing franchise development, I found it very easy to build a franchise process uh, and sell franchises. I thought that for my, for my skill set, I, I was really good at that. Where I didn't have the control was that they weren't making investments at the right times. They, they didn't have enough capital that they, or that maybe they were misleading and they didn't have access to capital. And they weren't taking action on things that were going to become big problems that I knew from my background of, uh, you know, running a $40 million company that I knew was going to happen. That was frustrating for me. Uh, and just, uh, you know, I was that franchisee that lost everything. So I, I always look back at how do you really prevent those type of things from happening? And it, when I see the signs, it's almost, uh, it's not my personality to just keep going with the flow. I, I either speak up or get out, get out of it altogether. And, Josh was exactly the same way. He was always investing far ahead of the growth that we were having. He was always uh, looking to make those investments prior to when there was a, when there was problems or fires popping up. And so when we when we were speaking and and I had grown two of Josh's brands to maturity, I said the next the next thing uh, that we do together is going to be it's going to be huge. And we we both agreed. Uh, and so we launched the first brand under Horsepower Brands, which is Mighty Dog Roofing. And uh, we've had a, a tremendous amount of success. And now, as of today, we have five brands launched with uh, three more in the pipeline coming before the end of the year. Wow, that's amazing. And one of the things that I think you kind of touched on was that you've been in all facets. You've been a franchi- franchisee that was a superstar. Then you became a franchisee that was struggling. And so in all of your roles, you've been able to very much relate to franchisees, um, if you're in franchise development or now as a franchisor, um, and can really, um, I think, do an amazing job of evaluating if that person 
would be the right fit. And I love your mindset that you're just always going to do the right thing. You're not out there just trying to sell franchises and really want to bring on the right people for the right opportunity so that it's a win-win for everybody to set everybody up for success. Yeah. And I think that's why we're talking. I think there's, in what you guys do, there's so much value. I just imagine myself looking for a franchise opportunity. How would you ever find a brand that's up and coming and know that there's responsible leadership behind it or that there's capital without just reading a deck and hoping for the best? And so there, there's a lot of value in what you guys provide as far as service to people looking at franchises that uh, is hard to, you know, is, is, is really hard to put a number behind of how much, how much is that experience worth? And it's a, it's a big number. Well, and honestly, I think a lot of people probably don't even think about what you just said. How do you know there's capital there? Um, unless it's someone with a financial background, I think a lot of people get online based on a, some kind of an interest or a, something that they think they're passionate about. And I think, they make emotional decisions and um, a lot, especially if they're not working with somebody coaching them, you know, it's getting online, not comparing any brands to each other, just finding something and going all the way to the finish line with it and maybe doing proper due diligence or not. And for those of you listening, this is, this is not just a heart decision. It's a head, heart and gut decision. And they all really do need to be in alignment. And I stole that from a colleague of mine. Um, but it, it, it's, it makes absolute sense. Um, so kind of going to doing the right thing. Tell us how your brands are different and what is horsepower doing to support franchisees and ensure their success. So I look back to when we had our complete nutrition franchises, we had 68 locations that were manager run, and we had large region regions ran by regional managers. And so I, I always look back and I treat the franchise locations somewhat similar as if we're going to roll out a strategy, how do we get that strategy all the way down to the end result uh, employee? And so if we're going to roll out uh, a change to improve average ticket, in my mind, I'm walking through all of the steps it, it takes to not just get our team bought in, not get the franchisees bought in, but get their employees bought in and then give them the tools to actually be able to execute that. I think our philosophy of, of support is so much different. So when we launch a franchise brand, before we even have an FDD, and so I, I'll, let me actually rewind. So we actually do acquisitions. So we acquire franchise brands, and we're the only ones that do it this way. We want brands that have less than three locations, if not just one, because we know that uh, we're, we're not going to get the franchise support experience from them. We're not going to get the franchise development experience from them, and they're not ever going to be the best in the industry uh, at their location. That's always a consultant or several consultants around the country that yet you have to pay to be a consultant. And so we we really need them to create a decent foundation. Then we go out and we hire all the people as if we have a hundred active territories today. So we're hiring a brand president, a director of marketing, a director of finance, a marketing manager, a director of sales, director of operations to really help build the best process. Then we bring in the vendors then we bring in industry experts that we pay as consultants to help us uh, create an edge uh, out from our competitors. But what we really focus on is how do we create an experience for the end customer that proves that we are the best option to do regardless of the cost of the, of the, of the service. 
So at the end of the estimate or the experience they get with us, there's no doubt in their mind that if they're going to get that service, they should go with us, assuming that it meets their price budget. Uh, and so uh, our support starts at day one of making sure that we have enough support to support 100 active locations. That's one of the biggest things I think that makes us so different is that uh, in my past, you're talking when you get into look at a young brand and you're always looking at an emerging brand if it's got available territory in your market. Yeah, uh, it's typically them and the, their admin and their director of operations of their corporate location that are the, are the ones that you're talking to. So there's really not a lot of people that can support you or be an expert in a specific area. So that's where this all started for us. And then as we as we got into this, we realized that our franchise brands are growing so fast. There's very few vendors that we can depend on to provide consistent service. And marketing was the biggest one. And uh, I'm sure you guys have, have, have heard the same pitch from marketing companies is we're the best at everything. And, uh, <laughs> we talk about that all the time. Is it depends and <laughs> it'll, it'll, it'll work. You just need to keep spending more and more money. Yeah, yes. exactly. <laughs> so uh, we, we uh, went through so many marketing companies and as we got more and more educated, uh, it was very clear that uh, there's something missing and that, that that's probably the most fragmented world is digital advertising. And we ended up meeting a company that was so transparent, just to be frank, it made me want to puke. And uh, uh, we started working with them and we were getting such great results, but they were not going to be able to continue scale with us. So we made the decision as we uh, acquired a majority interest. Uh, we tripled the size of that organization and we controlled the digital market house. And this is where I think I've learned and our CEO uh, is, is so involved as well, is that uh, we're operating at a level of transparency that you're not going to find anywhere else. Uh, we're giving a, a list of here's how many leads you're going to have to have month one that we have to generate to ensure that this is worth the money. And then we have to hold the team accountable to meet those. Wow. And uh, and they're, they're not getting on calls going, here's how many impressions and website visits you had. It's here's how many leads you had that turned into appointments. Here's the dollars generated. And uh, it's a it's a commission free model. It's a fixed cost only, which is not as profitable. But when you have volume, it's more sustainable. Uh, so for, it's better long-term again, it's the right thing to do short-term for franchisees and it, it's sustainable long-term, which is a no-brainer for us. So that taught us a huge lesson is that with enough capital, which we've had two prior exits of our early brands where we rolled $100 million of capital into our fund. Uh, with that capital, we realized that we can go out and we can hire some extremely talented people to lead verticals that support franchisees. And uh, as we were growing faster and faster, we couldn't convince like a call center to continuously hire people to keep ahead of that growth. So as of today, we just, we make those investments into those verticals and we run them ourselves. So uh, as of today, we have a recruiting company that helps franchisees recruit and find people. We have a bookkeeping service that does all of the bookkeeping for the franchisees. Uh, we have a call center in-house called uh, Powerhouse Call Solutions that supports and answers every phone call. We have the marketing company. We have a, a import-export company that imports products from all around the world that supports uh, inventory levels. And this has given us uh, the ability to grow as fast as we want without losing uh, support to our franchisees. No one else in franchising is doing that. Wow. And that inventory piece is huge because I know with what's happened with shortages and everything, it's been hard. I mean, I know of brands that have new franchisees that can't start because they don't have product, be it yeah. vehicles or whatever the product is for them that they need to do their business. And the recruitment, too. Mm -hmm. That's huge. Is also huge. So 
I'm sure you hear it. We hear it too. Why would I franchise when I could go out and start my own roofing company? Well, all the things that Zach just said um, are key reasons uh, to the value of investing in a franchise. Now, not all franchises are the same, so you've got to keep that in mind. But um, certainly all those resources and all that support and all that capital invested to those um, you know, factors are a key differentiator in starting from scratch versus buying a franchise. You know what I love about when people make that statement of why don't I just do this myself? It's always from people that have never done it. And you don't know right. what you don't know. I said, have you ever, and I always go, have you ever built a website and had to actually create the entire thing, pull all the content, write all of the copy? Uh, do you not understand digital advertising with the GLSA, PPC, the, uh, the GBP pages and how to monitor all of that? I was like, do you know how to set up a, a meta business uh, manager paid search account through Facebook? Google, do you know how to set up Google Analytics? Imagine how much time all of this takes you to set up, let alone manage, and then go out and actually run a business. Yeah. And then uh, if, if you hire somebody to do it, then you also have to take into account the fees that you're paying some resources to do that in comparison to what you would be paying when you join that franchise, which... And you, get taken, you typically get taken for a ride, too, that... You're spending too much money, and that also, uh, you know, uh, we own several businesses outside of franchising, and so we have a uh, a beef company. We ship beef all over the country, and my wife runs the day to day of that business. Thank goodness, but uh, I mean, we had to create that website from scratch, and I have a little bit of experience with it now. But it took us, I don't know how much time to build that website, and then to uh, uh, to run ads that, to create the content. It is. Uh, and my wife is gifted at creating the content, but if you had to hire someone to do that, it'd be very expensive. And I don't know how you'd really know if it was going well. Yeah. And so uh, it's where, where I believe franchising provides the value with a good franchise is that everybody is looking to start a business or buy a business for a specific reason. It's not, you know, uh, just because they want to say they've done it. It's they want either financial freedom. They want to pass them on to their kids. They want to do what they want to do when they want to do it. But franchising gets you to that goal faster, easier, with a lot less stress. Now, will it, yeah. will it, are you going to be paying royalties along the way? Of course you will, but it gets you there a lot faster with a lot less stress. And there's nothing more valuable than your than your personal time. And that's that that is the in my in my opinion that's where franchising has the advantage. Well, and to take that a step further, I've been independent and I've been part of a franchise. And yes, I pay much higher fees being part of a franchise. But guess what? I take home much more money, too. So that's at the end of the day what you have to look at is what are you going to be taking home? What are you going to be putting in your pocket? Um, and, and going the independent route, you're right. It's, it's probably double the time getting started and ramping up because you got to make some mistakes and learn from them, right? 100%. Absolutely. Such great insight. So you mentioned your other ventures um, and your beef company, and you happen to be wearing a cap for Butler Beef there. So I thought uh, I would love to just ask you to tell us a little bit more about that business. I know you said you ship beef all over the country. And so you're clearly very diversified in your businesses. So just give a little shout out to Butler Beef while, while we've got you here. Yeah. So I'm a big believer is that you, you, uh, you don't go into business with what your passion is as your primary venture. Uh, but if my, if I could do anything in my life, I'd be a rope dick cowboy every day. Uh, that's, that's what I would, that's what I would love to do. Unfortunately, it doesn't pay the bills, but, uh, we've always, my, so my, my family's been in agriculture since as far as I can remember. 
And I'm the only one that didn't stay in that industry, which has been, uh, uh, we were very blessed that it happened that way, but it allowed us to get back into that as more of an investor. And we always fed a lot of cattle. And then personally, like I, I just, I love raising cattle. So I do a lot of genetic and cow calf type uh, stuff, but wow. we got into that and we really with feeding a lot of cattle, couldn't make any money. And uh, we were bought and we followed the, and we had a great process, but the industry was a little bit disrupted. So we just said, well, let's just start selling online and we'll learn about e-commerce and we'll build the website. And uh, it, if uh, knowing how, how much work that took to build that website and get that rolling, might have been second guess myself, but uh, we ship all over the country. Uh, my wife runs the entire day-to-day part of that business, and uh, she does very she does very well. Uh, and I should say it's it's her business is what I should say because I don't really help that much unless she needs me. Well, I will say she's amazing. She's helped me with a few gift packages. Uh, my clients yes. have received your beef, and they've been very happy to get it. <laughs> yes, lots awesome. of positive feedback. So let's take a turn. And talk about your relationship with FranNet because there's some history there and there's, well, you can talk about the specialness of it. Tell us, tell us what you did with FranNet. Yeah. However many years ago that was, you know. Yeah. Uh, so I have a deep love of your guys' organization. I think in franchising, uh, you guys do it a little bit differently where, you know, you see a lot of the people and you meet a lot of the people and continually interact with a lot of people you place. So you have to have a lot of trust with the brands that you work with. And uh, when I first started, it was very hard even to get attention in your organization because we were new, unknown, in, a, in, a, in an industry that had never been franchised. And we worked nonstop, I think, and people finally were recognizing that uh, to give us a shot. And it, it worked, and we hit it out of the park. And uh, through that process, I got to meet so many of you guys, and what you guys do is so special. Uh, I actually proposed to my wife at one of your guys' conferences. So uh, uh, we'll never forget that day, but that was, oh, heck, was that four years ago now? Probably should know that, huh? It's pretty wild. I heard, well, I just learned something new today. Yeah, I was somehow involved. I don't have much memory about it. I just know that our um, CEO had asked me to come on the stage and introduce either you or Kaylee, which is um, Zach's wife um, now, um, almost fiance at that time, I didn't know why or what I was doing. I really don't remember that much about it. So I was taken, I was shocked just like everybody else once it happened, but it was a lot of fun and I'm really glad she said yes. Yeah, I would have, got, I would have been, a, that would not have been a good image. <laughs> no, you must have been pretty confident about the answer. Oh, I, I remember we got down to the, the meeting room like three hours early to get a front row seat and I was working on my computer and I was just sweating. I was so nervous. That's fun. Um, well, and no, now no. you're about to give birth to baby number two, right? So it's been quite a ride. Yeah, baby number two, and uh, it's been a it's been a rocket ship ever since. But well, uh, no, I I have a lot of love for what Franet does, and for anyone listening, if you're, you know, if you're if you're looking to get into business, the way that you guys think evaluate brands is so much stricter than uh, a lot of the other networks and, and other consultants out there. There's a lot of value in having that type of protection. Thanks, Thanks, Zach. We appreciate that. And one last thing um, before we wrap up today, you mentioned some advice oh, or yeah. some things that you learned from your grandfather. So please share that wisdom with us. Oh, yeah. So my so my grandpa is about to be 90 and he still operates this uh, livestock auction barn today. And uh, he does the books by hand and it's his, no, I, I kind of stay out of his way, but uh, he has the same people that have still uh, 
sell, 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 still, still selling by cattle there today. And there's a lot of respect for him in that industry because uh, uh, they're always doing the right thing. And he was off by, I think, 40 some cents one day at a sale where he did not give, he collected 40 more cents than he should have. And I'm not joking. My, uh, my grandpa mailed a quarter and a nickel to a customer with the difference of an invoice, which the stamp and the envelope cost more than that. Uh, and so he actually emailed or he, uh, he mailed with an envelope the difference uh, where he uh, technically uh, the math was wrong. It must have been just an eight switch to a five or something. But imagine as a customer getting an invoice with a refund with 30 cents or I mean a few coins in an envelope, um, just the honesty and integrity. I, there's no way that a business stays in, in this day and age stays in business for 50 years without internet, without technological advantages, without a ton of capital, uh, without doing the right thing every time. And that was one of the lessons my grandpa taught me. Wow. What, what a great lesson. Yeah, thank well, you. Thank you so much for sharing all of your insight and wisdom with us today, Zach. Um, if somebody wanted to get a hold of you, how would they contact you? They're going to contact us through you guys. Perfect. All right. Well, we will um, sound off with that or sign off with that. Um, Again, my name is Sarah Wasco. This is my colleague, Roxanne Rabsky. We are with FranNet of Dallas, Fort Worth, and Oklahoma. Um, We invite you to connect with us on LinkedIn. My last name is W-A-S-K-O-W. Roxanne is R-A-P-S-K-E. We're very active on LinkedIn. Connect with us there. Please uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel at FranNet of Dallas, Fort Worth, and Oklahoma. And you can listen to previous episodes anywhere that you get your podcast. Zach, thank you again so much for joining us. It was a pleasure having you. This is Zach Butler with Horsepower Brands and Butler Beef, and we hope you all have a great rest of your day. Thank you. Thank you.